Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. But if we don't have the presence of God, my friend, you and I don't have anything at all. And I believe that it's time we get intentional about seeking after God. just reminds me of a scripture Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever he's still the same light that he was 2,000 years ago he's the same today thankful to feel the presence of the Lord and know that he is here with us today amen amen feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. First John chapter 1, and uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Amen. John writes, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. Everybody say seen. Seen which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. And verse 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. And that's what I want to talk to you about here this morning uh, on this title, Light in the Darkness light in the darkness. And you may be seated this morning. Amen. Uh, this morning, I kind of want to, I kind of want to flow into, uh, this lesson on the heels of, of what we talked about last week, where, where we were discussing how we, we all have a hiding place set we run to, and it's, it's not a new thing. It's something that uh, mankind has been doing uh, since we were created. And Adam and Eve chose to uh, indulge in the pleasures of sin. And, and since that, they, they uh, felt disconnectedness with God, and they chose to run and, and hide themselves in creation. And uh, we talked about how God uses those hiding places to become places where we can have relationship with Him. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful to know that this morning, that, that I may not understand everything that's going on around me, and there, are, there may be times that I get fearful, and there may be times that I try to escape, but I'm thankful that even in those times that God is still trying to come near. God is still trying to open the door and extend a hand and reach out to us in those hiding places. And when you are in that hiding place, you are not alone, but you are with God. Amen. I pray that we would all recognize this morning the power 
that is found in the passage of Exodus 33. God comes to Moses and he tells them this. He said, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to withdraw my presence, but I'm still going to give you the promised land and you are still going to have one another. And, and the deal is, I'm just going to withdraw my presence from you. And, and Moses isn't a big fan of that deal and I can't blame him one bit. You know, Moses responds, God, we can, we can have each other. And, and we can have the promised land, but if your presence isn't with us, it's, it's not worth it. Amen. He said, don't leave us, but show us your glory. And in that moment, God says, I want you to go to the cleft of the rock. And I want you to go. I want you to go to that hiding place, Moses. I'm going to meet with you there. Why, you ask? Well, because God is about to give him a glimpse of who he is. He's about to give him a glimpse of his character in a way that, that Moses would never forget God. He would never forget the presence of God. He's going to show Moses a glimpse of himself so that he'll be able to recognize his presence. Moses will be able to know when God is there and know when God is not there. Moses will have no doubt at all. I would submit to you this morning that God will show his glory to those that desire to see his glory. That those that are hungry and thirsty for God, God will show up. Because you see, you can have the promised land and we can all have each other and we can all have an easy life and we can all seek after happy circumstances. But if we don't have the presence of God, my friend, you and I don't have anything at all. And I believe that it's time we get intentional about seeking after God. We can have those things. We can have the easy, just cruise control life. And we can have one another. And, and I'm not here to uh, uh, dispute those things. Do we need fellowship? Absolutely. Should we be intentional about community? Absolutely. But we also need to make a point in being purposeful in seeking after God. Yes. Amen. And you know what the great blessing is? is that God wants to meet us there more than we want to meet Him there. God wants to meet you in that place more than you desire to meet Him in that place. This was shown over and over again in the Bible. People who ran not seeking God, but God sought after them. Amen. We talked about Elijah last week and Hagar and Peter and these different ones throughout the Bible who chose to run from tough times, yet God chose to run after them. God wants to come near. He's trying to come near. And here's what I want to talk about this morning. In, in knowing this, in knowing that we all, we all run to hiding places, and knowing that God is wanting to use those opportunities for Him to come near, I want us, my prayer, my desire this morning, what I want to convey to you is I want us to be able to recognize the presence of God when He is trying to come near. I want us to be able to see God when God wants and is trying to show up. When God is standing at the door and knocking, I want us to be able to recognize His presence. 
I think it's so important for us that when we run to our hiding places, when times get tough and we, we choose to run and escape and we find those places. And if you and I have a true desire to, to know God, we have a true de- desire to develop that relationship with God. When we get to our hiding places, I think the first thing that you and I should do when we get there is we need to remind ourselves of the gospel. How many know that you can rest in the gospel message? Amen. So when we get there, we need to get alone and remind ourselves of the gospel. Why? Because it is in the gospel that that is where we find our truest joy. In the midst of heartache, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of feeling that emptiness, when you begin to remind yourself of the gospel message, you will find true joy. Now, I know that some of you have a good idea of what the gospel is, but let me go ahead and define it for anyone who does not know. The gospel is defined as the message concerning Christ, the kingdom of God, and salvation. The gospel literally means the good news or way of salvation. And in the gospel message, we learn that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that all of us have decided to run and hide from God's presence. And it doesn't look the same for everybody in here. Not everybody's situation is the same, but we've all done it. And regardless of the reason, regardless of the sin, regardless of the mistake that causes you to hide, God is still seeking after you God is trying his best to come near he's just waiting for an invitation despite the fact that he is a holy God the creator of all things who has a right to condemn us for our sins he instead decides to seek after us when we were hostile towards him and separated from him he came seeking after us the Bible tells us but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us while we were yet sinners he became flesh and dwelt among us while we were yet sinners he came seeking his lost sheep while we were yet sinners he came and made a way while we were making mistakes he came and made it possible while we were breaking everything down he came and restored he is trying to come near anybody thankful for the presence of God in your life that is trying to pick you up even though we might run as fast as we can God is is chasing after you and I God is seeking you God is after you but sometimes what I fear is that people are not recognizing his presence when the presence of the Lord is trying to draw near we don't see him Maybe he's not showing up in the way that we thought he would show up. He's not making himself known in the way that we thought he would make himself known. That's what I want to get at this morning because I I, I don't want you, I don't want us, I don't want us to miss the presence of God. 
You know, it would seem uh, that we have little need to talk about God and, and who He is. Most people have heard about God. Most people have an idea about God. They have their own thoughts uh, about God and who God is. In fact, if you look, there are even remote Indian tribes that are shut off from civilization that they even themselves have a term for God. Because I believe that inside of each and every one of us, there is this innate sense that there is a higher power, a supreme being, or a governing deity. Even scientists who do not believe in God have to admit that there is a higher power out there. And here's what I'm getting at. It's been said numerous times over the past couple months. There are a lot of people that know about God, but they do not know God. They've heard some things. They have maybe read some things. They have maybe Googled some things. Boy, that is a dangerous thing. Okay? They have, they have heard uh, from somebody else of who God is. They have heard different ideas. They have heard different thoughts. They have their own ideas. And somebody has told them this, this about, uh, about God. But they've never really gotten to know God for themselves. They have never opened up the Word of God and invited the Lord in. Said, God, show me your glory and, and, and never, never really gotten to know God for themselves. It's, it's what their pastor has told them. Come on. It's what their youth pastor has told them, or their Sunday school teacher has told them, or their, their neighbor who goes to church has told them, but they don't know God for themselves. Most people have heard about God or have some understanding of Him, but unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of people have the wrong idea about who He is. And thus, they miss the presence of God trying to come near in their situation and in their life. So who is God? And I believe that when we can answer that question, it will help us recognize His presence when He is trying to draw near to us in our hiding place. What's the Scripture say? 1 John 1, John reaches back all the way back to the beginning. He says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which have looked upon and our hands have handled, for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested in us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light. Come on. God is what? Light. He is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. 
John wanted us to know God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. He is light. Amen. You look through your Bible. Light is a common metaphor that is used throughout the Bible. Proverbs 4 symbolizes righteousness as the morning sun. Philippians 2.15 likens God's children who are blameless and pure to shining stars that are in the sky. Jesus used light as a picture of good works. He said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Psalm 76 says of God, you are radiant with light. Amen. John opens up his gospel with these words. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. Jesus even said, I am the light of the world. If any man follow me, he shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Who is God? He is light. 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 I want you to notice that he did not say that God is a light. He didn't say God is a light. Uh, just a, a light out there. No, he, he is light. Light is a part of his essence as is love. And this is the message that God is completely, unreservedly, absolutely holy with no admixture of sin, no trace of iniquity, and no hint of injustice. He is perfect in every way. The truest example and definition of who God is is he is light. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord this morning? He is light and in him there is no darkness. No darkness at all. The Bible says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His gospel is the light in the darkness of our lives. As children we would sing the song this little light of mine. And what we were referring to was that His Spirit and His love that has now taken up resident in our life, that is the light that we are singing. Why? Because God is light. He is the light that is in the darkness. So what exactly does this mean? God is light. What does that mean? What's the message? What are you trying to say, Bryce? Obviously, the Apostle John expects us to think about this a bit because he says this is the sum. This is the, this is the meaning of all that Jesus came to do and to be. And it's imperative that we understand this. For this is the meaning of life. Uh, for this is, if this is the meaning of life uh, of Jesus, whether it is his life lived in, in, in history or the life that he will live in us right now, it will all come out in this manner. God is light and in him is no darkness. God is light. You know what that means? That means that what light is on a physical plane, God is on every level of the human condition every level of the human experience if you want to want if you want to understand the character of god then observe what light is what light does god does what light accomplishes god can accomplish so then the question begs to be asked what 
does light do? What does light accomplish? You know, in this um, enlightened time period that you and I are privileged to be a part of, I'm thankful that we, they call us the, the information generation, that we have so much information and we have so much technology and things. And I love the technology and I love all the info. You don't have to really, you know, wait for things. You don't have to wait for the newspaper to come out. You could find out right now. You know, you could, you don't have to, well, some of you still wait for the newspaper, but that's all right. We'll pray for you. Um, But we are the info generation. We have information, just loads of information. And, and we, we, we like to claim that we are enlightened. We are an enlightened generation. And we feel that we have learned a great deal about light, much more than men knew 50 or 100 years ago. We have analyzed it, broken it down. We can take fractional parts of it and and use them for various purposes. We have timed it. We have measured its speed. We know that it is the fastest thing known in the universe. We have managed to produce x-rays and laser beams, which do amazing and phenomenal things. But did you know after all of this, you know what new things we've learned about light? Nothing. And that's the humiliating part. We have learned nothing. No new thing. We have not learned anything really important about it. The great functions of light are universally known and have been known ever since the beginning of history. In the earliest dawn of humanity, men experienced what light could do as equally and fully as modern men do today. We have not learned one thing of any real importance. It just reminds me of a scripture. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same light that he was 2,000 years ago. He's the same today. The things that he was accomplishing 2,000 years ago, he's still accomplishing today because he's the same God. He never changes. So what is light? What does light do? Light has three amazing attributes. Number one, light attracts. Light attracts. Last Sunday, I think, I believe it was last Sunday, on the windiest day of the year, Bryce was up on his roof putting Christmas lights in for the children. Windiest day of the year. I was repenting the entire time. I said, man, if that wind just, if, it, if I just tip over the edge here, I could land straight on my head. Some of you are like, good thing it's your head. <laughs> Christmas lights. What is it about Christmas lights? There's something about them. This, we have this neighbor uh, just right down the road. I mean, you, it, I mean, I don't, it's a Christmas palooza. You know, I'm saying you turn down the road and that's all that you see. I don't even see my house anymore. I turn down the street. I forget my house and I go straight for the Christmas lights. And I say it's for the children. It's for me. <laughs> 
There's something about it. There's a drawing effect. Amen. Even my own Christmas lights, now they have them put up, I plug them in. And not because it was me who installed them. They're just, it's something about lights that we are attracted to. There's this drawing effect. I was sharing this in the Bible study the other uh, couple weeks ago um, that, that uh, I remember as a kid, our neighbor having those big blue bug lights. You know what I'm talking about? The big, like, commercial size, like, bug lights. And I just remember as a kid, uh, just, just sitting out, and I can remember seeing the blue light, and just, I didn't know as a kid that every time, I didn't know that was a bug dying. I was like, that's a cool light over there, man. That's sweet. Little did I know death was taking place <laughs> right before my childish eyes. But there is something, if you, and if you have a bug, he'll tell you the same thing. There's something that's so inviting about this light. What is it? It's the light. It is the light that is, a, is attracting. I love seeing uh, lights on a night sky lighting up over a city off in the distance. I love driving down an interstate or a highway and seeing lights off in the distance lighting up a city. Amen. And lighting up the night, si- night sky. It's no coincidence that when stores are having huge sales and, and huge deals going on, they will some will rent spotlights and they'll get those bright neon lights and they'll put them up the window. Why? Because we as human beings, we are naturally drawn to light. We're naturally drawn to light. And we naturally avoid dark places. It's not like, hey, you want to go for a walk down this dark alley. No, we're not doing that. We want to go in a well-lit area. Okay? What is it about, you know, about this light that's so inviting? What is it about a campfire on a chilly fall night that people love to sit around and just stare at the fire? They don't even have to talk to each other. They just stare at the fire. (laughs) What is it? It is the light. The light attracts. It has this drawing effect. And with God, it's the same thing. There is this drawing effect. God has a way of grabbing our attention when we least expect it. Maybe it's all at once. Or maybe it's little by little. But God is always trying to draw us closer to Him. He's trying to attract us to Him. How many know today that we love God because He first loved us? God was the one who took the initiative. He made. He took the first step. Amen. And that's the reason why we love Him. The question is whether or not we will allow ourselves to get closer to Him. Will we respond to Him as He is trying to draw near to us? Will we respond? I'm trying to help you get to see the presence of the Lord. And this is how God shows up. God is light and God attracts. God, there's this drawing effect to Him. Amen. I've felt this drawing effect ever since I was 14 years old. I can't get away from that drawingness, that, that, that spirit that is pulling me. Even when on my worst day, I feel the presence of God. Even when I, everything is going wrong, amen, and all hell is broken loose, and I'm not having my best day, I can still close my eyes and say the name of Jesus and feel His presence begin to draw me close. Light attracts the second thing that light does is light dispels darkness perhaps the greatest attribute of light is its ability to remove darkness you see we live in a world that is uh, i mean surrounded by darkness we live in darkness we live in a country and in a nation that is full of sin and anguish 
You don't, I don't have to stand up here and convince you of the evil that is going on in our day. I was just reading a report of, 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 of things that are going on in the world. And one thing you might have even heard about it is this new clothing line that is coming out that is gender neutral clothing line. Where their parents are saying, we're going to let our kids decide what gender they are. We're going to let our children, we don't want to put them in clothes that say, you're a boy or you're a girl. We're going to put them in clothes and it's going to be their own decision of what gender. You want to talk about evilness. You want to talk about the day and hour that we live in, how dark it is. Amen. So much darkness. But how many know we have the light this morning? And that's what light does. It dispels darkness. It removes it. And you know what? There's no such thing as darkness. Darkness is merely the absence of light. Darkness cannot be created except by removing the light. And when the tiniest sliver of light hits darkness, the darkness must remove itself. I stand here today and I'm not oblivious to the fact that many of you deal with very real issues. I'm not oblivious to the fact that you struggle with very real circumstances. I know that many of you walk into your places of employment where darkness prevails. But let me tell you this morning, with the Spirit of God inside of you, He not only rids your life of darkness, but He helps you to bring light to every place that you go. And when you walk into your job with the power of God inside of you, you are literally bringing light into the darkness and there is no darkness that is greater than the light there is no darkness that can overpower the light of God that should be evident in your life light dispels darkness and then the last thing probably the most characteristic thing about light the thing that you and I are enjoying at this very moment and probably the first discoverable fact about light is that light reveals. Light reveals. I can see you because light is in this room. You can see me because light is in this room. Light reveals. If there were no lights, I can hear you, but I could not see you. Darkness conceals, but light reveals. Yes. Growing up in southern Illinois, one thing that you and I are accustomed to is storms. Strong storms. <laughs> we welcomed in December with tornado warnings and tornado watches. Yes. Severe thunderstorms in the area but I can remember many nights as our music comes this morning not being able to sleep because of bad weather hearing tree limbs beat against the house as the wind blew and then the storm finally passes and we wake up the next morning not exactly sure what kind of shape we would find the outside of our house in we had no idea what kind of damage we had until the sun came up the next day. The light exposed 
what we couldn't see in the night. Many of us have avoided the light of God because we are scared of what it may reveal about ourselves. We are scared that we might be exposed. God's going to really see me. We think to ourselves, oh, this is great. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to commit my life to God. And then we hear God is light. And we're like, light? Light. Light reveals. I'm going to be... I'm going to be exposed. God's going to truly see me. Not who I am on Sunday. God's going to truly see me on Tuesday afternoon when I'm not at my best. Can I tell you this morning, church? God already knows. He knows your doubts. He knows your fears. He knows your struggle. He knows the areas in which you have those unresolved issues. He knows your failures. He knows your shortcomings. And my Jesus loves us anyway. He still cares for us. He still desires a relationship with you. Allow the light of God to expose those areas where you can do better. Allow Him to show you those areas that need attention. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's inconsistency. Maybe it's pride. But whatever it is, I submit, I challenge you, allow God to place you on His operating table and begin to remove those areas that you have those struggles. We can't get better until that light exposes us for who we are. We are fallen. We are broken. We are in need of a Savior. And if you have the Holy Ghost, you still need Him today just as the day you got the Holy Ghost. You don't, there is never one moment that we don't need Him. God is light, but can you see Him? Do you stand with me this morning? For 51 years, Bob Edens was a blind man. His world was a black hall of sounds and smells. He felt his way through five decades of darkness. And then one day, he could see. A skilled surgeon performed a complicated operation. And for the first time in his life, Bob Edens 
had sight. The man found it overwhelming. He said, I never would have dreamed that yellow is so yellow. He said, I don't have the words to say. I am amazed. He goes on to say, he said, I can see the shape of the moon and I like nothing better than seeing a jet plane fly across the sky, leaving a vapor trail. And of course, sunrises and sunsets. And he, he takes in the stars at night and flashing lights and he says, you could never know how wonderful everything is. But you know, Bob isn't the only one who has spent a lifetime near something without seeing it. How amazing it is that we can live next to something our whole life, but unless we take time to focus on it, it doesn't become a part of us. I ask you today, have you seen him? Have you seen the Lord? Have you caught a glimpse of His majesty? Maybe it was in the middle of a sermon. Maybe it was in the middle of a song. Maybe it was during a time of prayer that you felt the presence of the Lord and you caught a glimpse of His face. Have you seen Him? Have you seen that light in the darkness? I looked through the Bible and those who first did, those who first saw him, they were never the same. Thomas cried, my Lord and my God. Mary Magdalene said, I have seen the Lord. John declared, we have seen his glory. The two disciples in the book of Luke rejoiced saying, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke? But you know, Peter... Peter said it best. Peter said, we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. His majesty. All the splendor of heaven revealed in a human body. For a period of time, the doors to the throne room were open and God came near. His majesty was seen for a moment. Heaven touched earth and as a result, earth can now know heaven. But in your hiding place, church, can you see him trying to come near? In your brokenness, in your emptiness, in your fallen state, can you see the presence of God. Would you bow your head, close your eyes in this place right now. Has it been a while since you've seen Him? If your prayer life seems a little stale, it's probably been a while. If your faith seems to be trembling, perhaps your vision of Him has been blurred. If you can't find the power to face your problems, maybe it's time that you turn and face Him. 
I don't know whether you need the light of God to attract or to spell darkness or to expose us, but one thing is true. We can go no further into receiving or perpetuating the gospel until we understand that it all starts with God, that God is trying to come near, that God is trying to make the move, that God is trying to open the door, but will we let Him in? Will we truly see that God is light? In the beginning of creation, God's first words, let there be light. It all starts with light. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.